Quinto Lingua, whatever. Amen. We speak a lot of languages around here. And this is a missions church. How cool is it to look at those videos and know that that's our church? That's not just a church. That's our church. Victory World Outreach, Tanzania, Czech Republic, Congo, Kenya, all around the world. Those are our churches. Amen. It's such a tremendous blessing. We want to welcome, again, anyone who's here for the first time. We pray you feel welcome, that you know today, if you don't know anything else, that God was here, that his presence was here, and that he's real, and you're going to have a chance to meet him today and give your life to him today and be changed like so many lives in here today. Amen. My name is Blake Andrews. I'm the lead pastor here. And I'm blessed to have a special guest this morning on this Mission Sunday. We're also going to have a Jesus wedding after the service. Amen. So make sure you stick around for that. Amen. That's always exciting to see these couples getting married. Amen. And so we, I was blessed with my wife several times over the years. And then Pastor Gold has also gone to Mexico City to see that work and to see what God is doing there. We've preached the conferences several times. And uh, they're tremendous friends of ours, and I'm, I'm not going to lie, it's the best food in the world. It is the best food in the world. This, I'm not just talking about just Mexican food. I'm talking about Mexican food in DF, in the homeland, right in the Mexico City. It is the best food in the world, promise you. And, when we, and the cool thing is I can eat everything I want for a whole week and not gain any weight over there. Yeah, it's awesome because it's so, it's so uh, healthy. And so that we'll get done with the service, and they know now, when I go, I don't know how it is with you, Pastor Go, but when I go, they don't even ask me anymore where we're going to eat, because there's a place called Copacabana. They don't even ask me. They just know that's where we're going for lunch and dinner every day, the whole week, all week, amen, it is unbelievable. But it's so cool to be a part of something bigger than us this morning. And, and we are, as we said, a missions-minded church. God has blessed our finances this year for being very conscious more than ever than before to be able to sow into that. We helped that uh, need at, at conference time. We sent an offering, and today we're going to send another one. And uh, we're going to be, they're saying that in, on the 31st of this month, they're going to have in their first service just in three weeks. So you saw what was there. That's a lot of work left to do, but they're saying that they're going to have their first service that day. So it's super exciting. And, and being that it's Mission Sunday, we have a missionary here with us, not a missionary at the moment, but he was a missionary with his wife, Denise, for many years in Congo and Kenya. And uh, I just thank God for our friendship. We've, we've always uh, just hit it off and gotten along ever since we met. Um, and we kind of came into the fellowship in similar, similar, similar ways. Uh, I was already on the mission field when I met Victory World Outreach and became a part of this fellowship. He was on the mission field in the Congo, and, and we kind of joined forces. They, they came in many years before us, but we've always had that camaraderie and just being missionaries and uh, just, just loving on each other. We've had a friendship, and, and I thank God for that friendship. And he has so much wisdom and experience. been in the ministry for over 40 years. I mean, no, that's a long time. And so I love longevity. I mentioned that last night. I admire, the Bible says, give honor to whom honor is due. And I honor and admire people. The people that I look up to in my life are people who have, have done something for a long time and never swayed. That's the kind of people that I admire. And this is a couple that I admire, Carl and I admire them very much for the, all their years of ministry, through all the things that they've gone through, they've stayed the course. And so our works in Africa today, if it wasn't for their pioneering work in our fellowship, 
we wouldn't have been able to do what we're doing in Tanzania. Many, many years ago, they went to Kenya, and then they started a work in the Congo, which used to be Zaire, and now there's lots of churches in that, in that nation because of these missionaries. And so I've always respected and honored the work that God has done through them. So he has a powerful word for us. We had a great Friday night with them for the married couples. God moved tremendously last night, and he's going to speak to us today, again at the 9 o'clock service. Amazing word. I'm not going to give you any of it, but it's going to be good. Get your notebooks out. Get your Bibles open. And let's, let's make Pastor Gould from Mesa, Arizona welcome this morning to Denton, Texas, VWO. Amen? As he comes. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Amen. Uh, we are so happy to be with you. I was remiss in the first service, but I want to do this. I want to ask my beautiful wife, Denise, just to stand just for a moment. My wife of 43 years. She got saved in a Bible study that I was leading in 1975 in Virginia. And she is one of the many fish I've caught. And she's probably one of the smallest. Normally, you throw the small fish back, but that is how she was a keeper. And so she, we've been together now in ministry for over 40-some years. We're glad to be here. We so appreciate Pastor Blake and his wife, Carla, and we, we love them. We thank God for wonderful friends like them and uh, the, the relationship we have, one with another, with our churches. And it's a privilege, a privilege, a real privilege uh, to be here and to be able to minister to you this morning. We marvel at the great things and wonderful things God is doing here, and I've seen God's blessing over the years with this church here, and uh, they're great things. The best is yet to come. Amen. And uh, so just stay on board, and, and let's see what God's going to do. God's going to do great things with this church, and I thank God for uh, Pastor Blake, and I have great confidence in him and Carla. Praise the Lord. And so we're going to share the word of God this morning, and I'd like for us to pray just before we share the word. So let's bow our heads together as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come before you. We bring the hearts and minds of your people before you. And we pray, Lord, your anointing upon this word. Lord, may the ears of your people be open to hear May their hearts. Receive this word today. Lord, we pray for your word, which is alive. Lord, that it will produce life today in the lives of those who hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today's message, the title is The Voices of Jesus, The Voices of Jesus. And some may find that a little strange uh, because we're talking about voices, plural. But, uh, you know, one person can speak in different voices. You speak in different manners, in different ways to different people. Just to give you an example, you know, when you see someone come in with a little baby and you go and you begin to talk to that baby, you don't go and say, hey, cute little thing, how you doing? No. You go, hey, Gucci, Gucci, how are you? You use that baby voice, amen, when you talk to that baby. I remember when my daughter was growing up and I had to talk to her, I had to be careful because of my voice. I have a deep voice and I had to make sure that especially if I was trying to teach her something that I didn't speak very powerfully and very gruff because she would think I'm about to, you know, discipline her and she would start crying. So I had to be careful how he spoke and use the right voice, the right tonality. And sometimes it makes a difference how you speak, not just speaking, but how you say what you say. And Jesus, uh, he speaks to us in different voices and in different ways, in different manners 
over the course of our Christian relationship because uh, he has a plan for us and he speaks to us in different ways at different times because he wants a finished product in us. He's taken us someplace, there's a destination, there's a purpose, there is a plan, and he speaks to us at different times in different ways. I want to open this morning with a scripture found in the book of 1 Kings in chapter 19. The scripture is in verse 12. But in verse 11, it's during the times when God is speaking to Elijah the prophet, and the Bible says that there were different manifestations, and Elijah is looking to hear from God, and he saw this manifestation where there first was a mighty wind that was blowing. And then, secondly, there was an earthquake, and finally there was a fire. But God was not in any of those things. He was not in the earthquake. He was not in the wind. He was not in the fire. But suddenly and finally, the Lord came in a still, small voice. A still, small voice. God does speak to his people. Now, there are some people who say, well, I never heard God speak to me. And I'm not talking about this audible, loud voice where you hear your name. And God is saying, James, I want to talk to you. No, I'm not talking about something like that. Uh, you know, God speaks in impressions. Uh, uh, just to give you an example, and of course this is on the negative side and the other extreme, uh, how many have had the devil talk to you? Let me see you. Let me see. You, you, you had the devil. Oh, Flip Wilson used to say, oh, the devil made me do it. You know? And so we are accustomed to the devil talking to us, but we don't hear a voice, do we? But that he communicates in certain ways to our senses and entices us to do certain things. Well, God created Satan. And if Satan can communicate to us, how much more shall not God not be able to communicate to his people? God wants to communicate to you, and God will communicate to you if you want to hear the voice of God. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about the different ways and the different times that God speaks to us and the different voices in which God speaks to us. And we begin this morning with what we call the Savior's voice. This is the very first voice you hear. Before we can enter into a relationship with him, before we can begin to walk with him, before we can begin to have a purpose together with him, we must begin at that starting point, and that is we hear the voice of the Savior. There's a song that says, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. This morning as you are seated here, yes, we're here as men and women and young boys, young girls, uh, and we're seated here together, but we are gathered in the presence of the Lord and God is speaking. And believe it or not, even though I'm here speaking before you, God will speak to you in different manners or in different ways. He will say something to you throughout the course of this service. But the Lord begins to speak to us through the Savior's voice. In the book of Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, uh, the, the Bible says that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And as he seeks to save, he comes and he calls. He calls by his spirit and beckons men and women to come unto him. It is the Savior who has a desire that we might be saved from our sins and that we may come into a relationship with the Heavenly Father and that we may make heaven our eternal home. And the Savior is calling today. 
He's calling here. He's calling in Mexico. He's calling in Congo. He's calling in Costa Rica. He's calling in Dallas. He's calling in Atlanta. He's calling. And he will ever be calling, but his heart's desire is that everyone should be saved. He is not willing that one should be lost. Uh, and so the voice of the Savior will ever be calling because he wants every man, every boy, every girl to be saved. In the book of Luke in chapter 19, there's a story about a man whose name was Zacchaeus. It says, now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. The story goes on to say that this man Zacchaeus climbed up uh, into a very big sycamore tree and he wanted to see Jesus. He had heard about Jesus. Now he was a tax collector. He was a rich tax collector. So he made money off of the other tax collectors and there was a lot of corruption that was going on and uh, the Jews equated the t tax collectors to being sinners. They were all uh, wicked sinners. They're all going to hell as far as the Jews were concerned. And so here is Zacchaeus, he's got all this money, he's rich, he's wealthy, but he has no peace in his heart. And he's heard about Jesus, and he wants to see Jesus. And Jesus is moving up and down the road of Jericho, and he, he's surrounded by a multitude of people, everybody asking questions, everybody wants to talk with Jesus, everybody wants to be seen with Jesus, and all the multitude, you can hear the voices as they come collectively down the street to the place where Zacchaeus is, and he is high up in the tree, and no one can see him, but there's only one person that notices he is there. And Jesus is drawn towards him because it was for this purpose that he has come and that is to seek and to save the lost. And the Spirit of God knew that Zacchaeus was searching. Today, some of you here, you are searching. You have been searching. And I want to tell you, after the day, you will need to search no more because the Savior is calling and Jesus is saying, I have come for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so Jesus is marching up, walking up and down the street, and he comes to the place where Zacchaeus is, and he looks up. Can you imagine? The, the mob is around him, and they're wondering, what in the world is Jesus doing looking up in the tree? And then they're all amazed as they put their eyes up in the tree, and they see old Zacchaeus up there. And Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come down, for this day I'm going to your house, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, come down, for this day salvation is coming to your house, Zacchaeus. Now, there was a multitude surrounding Jesus, but because he's come as the Savior, he leaves the multitude and focuses his attention on this one man who's looking for an answer to the problems that are plaguing his life. And Jesus asked him to come down. He comes down and joyfully takes Jesus to his home, and Jesus converses with him there. Zacchaeus is saved. His life is changed. He gives money back to those to whom he is, from whom he has stolen money, and he is saved because of his encounter with Jesus Christ. The Savior is calling. He's calling today. And Jesus himself said, come unto me. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, come unto me, all who labor and all who are heavy laden with your burdens, come to me and I will give you rest. That's the way it was with me as a young man. As a young man at the age of 19, I was on a university campus, had everything going for me, paid education, housing, extra money, money in the pocket. I was popular and all that, you know, but I was empty inside. I was miserable. At the age of 19, I had ulcers. 
because I could not be happy. I go all over the college campus, you know, doing what college kids do, but I could find no peace. But one day, I heard the Savior calling. I said, yes, Jesus. And I tell you, I haven't looked back ever since. Praise God. Thank God for the Savior. Thank God for Jesus. Have you responded to the voice of the Savior? I'm not asking you if you went to church. I'm not asking if you were baptized. But I'm asking, have you responded to the voice of Jesus Christ, the Son of God? He's calling right now. That voice is calling you right now. The voice of the Savior. After the voice of the Savior, we move on to a different level of relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ does not give birth to us and then just leave us in the road or leave us to fend for ourselves. He realizes that we need a guide in life. So now he comes to us with the voice of the shepherd, the shepherd's voice. Jesus comes to lead us. He says, I am the good shepherd. He is good. He is good in the sense that his intentions for you are good. He has a purpose for your life. He knows what's best for you. He wants to lead you uh, to the green pastures. He wants to lead you beside the still waters. He wants uh, uh, to bring peace and calm to your life. He wants to protect you from all of the enemy forces and all the darkness that seeks to come upon your life. He wants to be your shepherd. And so... As you come into a relationship with Jesus, understand that you don't want to continue your life all alone, but you want to walk with the shepherd. There's an old song, oh, he walks with me. He talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the Lord wants to walk with you. He wants to walk with each one of us. He wants to have a relationship. That's the difference between Christianity and religion. Christianity is having a relationship with Jesus Christ uh, and walking with him. It's not about some religious doctrines or concepts, uh, but it's about experiencing a living person in the name of Jesus and having our lives changed and being filled with the life of God. In John 10, 27, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. My sheep know my voice and they follow me. Again, the voice of Jesus is nothing more or less than a thought or an impression. And God has made us in that way that we are thinking beings and we are able to receive thoughts in our minds and to uh, to, 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 to meditate on those things and to make decisions and to choose directions in which we're going to go. And so it is when we come into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, he speaks to us through impressions. Now, I'm not one of those extremists who says, well, I woke up this morning and I, started, I had a conversation with God. No. Yes, I pray to the Lord. I talk to him. And sometimes he gives me impressions and feelings and thoughts. There have been a few times over my Christian life where I've had God really speak to me in a way that it was words or, or, or words that I heard. But that's, that's a rare. That's not every day. Amen. I don't get up in the morning and, and, and the Lord tells me whether to drink coffee or tea or whether I should uh, uh, have toast or, or a bagel. No. 
I've known some people that are like that, you know. And every time you hear them, they say, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said. And I tell them, the Lord said, get as far away from you as I can, because I'll tell you. <laughs> Amen. Got to be a little bit leery of some of those folk, you know. Hey, when, you know, when they say the Lord said, how are you going to argue with that? Huh? Unless you say, well, that's your Lord, but my Lord said. Amen. Praise God. But God does speak to his children. There's a story in the Old Testament about a, a young lad by the name uh, of Samuel, who became a great prophet of God. But when he was a very young lad, his mom gave him to the temple because the Lord blessed her with his child when he, she was barren. And she was there in the temple with Eli, who was the prophet, the priest. And uh, uh, one night he was sleeping and he heard a voice and he thought it was Eli. So he went to Eli, the, the priest, and says, Eli, did you call? Did you say something? Eli says, no, that wasn't me. Go back to sleep. And so Samuel goes back to sleep, and he hears the voice again. He runs to Eli. Eli, did you call me? Eli said, no, young boy, that wasn't me. Go back to sleep. He goes back to sleep again, and he hears that voice calling, and he goes to the priest again, Eli. And suddenly Eli remembers because there was a time when he used to hear the voice of God himself, but now he's in a little backslidden state. But having that remember, he says to the young lad, Samuel, oh, that must be the voice of God. The next time you hear that voice, you say, Master, your servant hears. And that is what Samuel did. And the Bible says that from that time, Samuel began to know the voice of the Lord. He began to know the voice of the Lord and became a prophet. So as he would hear from God, he would speak that to the people. And the Bible says that every word he spoke came to pass and his words did not fall to the ground because he learned the voice of God. It is in your relationship as you walk with God that you will come to know his voice and to distinguish his voice from other voices. Jesus says, follow me and you will not walk in darkness. John chapter 8 and verse 12. Follow me and you will not walk in darkness. There are so many competing voices in the world. There are so many things that are coming at you and trying to influence you. We have Satan, first of all, who's going to be there. We have uh, mankind. We have society. We have uh, humanitarian, the humanistic thinking. We have the New Age. We have uh, the, the social media. We have all these different voices that are coming at us. We need the voice of the shepherd because he knows the way to life. He knows the way to peace. He knows the way to blessing. And would you not think it wise to follow the counsel of the one who has created you rather than to follow the counsel of others uh, who have no power or authority? Yes, you want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you want to become in tune with the voice of the shepherd. Moving on from the voice of the shepherd, we next go to the voice of the master. You see, Jesus, yes, he saved you. But understand that there is another force in the world, the world of darkness. There is Satan who continually wants to reclaim you as his master and to control you. Jesus does not just want to be your savior, but he wants to be your Lord. He wants to be in control. He wants to you to surrender to him, to submit to him. Because he has a purpose and he has a plan for your life. You are a part of his plan in the earth. And together as the church, we come together and we mobilize uh, to do the will and the work of God. And so he needs a disciplined people. The Bible calls it disciples. 
He needs disciples who will work together and who allow themselves to be trained to do the work of the Lord. And so we need to come into that relationship where we're willing to follow the Lord and to submit ourselves completely unto him. He has a vision to disciple us and to train us. But understand that no master or no teacher can disciple any person who will not accept to be discipled. And so you must be willing. You must say, I want to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And understand that being a disciple of Jesus Christ means sometimes uh, you're going to have to follow those whom Jesus has chosen to be leaders in his church. And, and, and the Apostle Paul once says, follow me as I follow Christ. And so you must be willing to surrender and to submit. We must bow our knees to the Lord Jesus Christ. And allow him to be the master. Allow him to be in control. We must not say, well, well Lord, I'm going to give you control. It's like you, buy a, you, you, you say, Lord, I'm buying a house for you. And you give him the keys to every room in the house except one room. So now, Lord, you have liberty to go into all the rooms in this house, but this room, who, room here is reserved for me. I got some stuff back there. Uh, I got some stuff back there that I'm not really ready, ready to give up to you yet. Well, you haven't surrendered. Huh? You have not made him your master. You, you are still in control. And you know what? When you give the devil a foot, he's going to take a foothold in your life. And so give it all up to Jesus. Let him be the master of your life. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24, to be my disciple, to be my disciple. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Deny yourself. That's a hard thing to do because we are selfish people. Amen. You know, when a baby is born, that baby is selfish. Wah, wah, wah. And to them, it's not later, it's always now. You know? And even as baby Christians, we, we're still a, a little bit selfish. And it's over time that you learn that you can't have everything that you want, when you want it, and how you want it. And so, as Christians, we have to learn, you know, you can't just have things your way. It's God's way. We surrender our will. We surrender our lives completely to him. And we should not have any problem doing that because he's a good, good father. He's a good master. He has good intentions for us. We must be willing to take up our crosses and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. In the book of Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21, there's a scripture there that says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father in heaven. You must be willing to hear the voice of the master. Sometimes you may be going in the wrong direction in your life. And the master comes with a word of correction. For the scripture says that the Lord chastises those whom he loves. In the book of Hebrews chapter 12, that God chastises those whom he loves. For the Lord loves uh, uh, and he chastens and he scourges every son whom he receives. And so as he's your master, sometimes he says, no, you can't do that. No, you can't go in that direction. No, 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 you can't, uh, uh, you, you, you can't uh, uh, just talk to your wife that way. Huh? You can't talk to her that way. You can't be serving your husband burnt offerings for breakfast. Huh? And so the Lord will come and speak to you and say, no, you, 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 you spoke to your wife in a harsh manner. You need to go say sorry. 
say sorry. If I go say sorry, then I can no longer be the man of the house. Well, maybe in the eyes of God, you ain't the man of the house anyway, you know. But anyway, ooh, uh, <laughs> saying you're sorry does not minimize who you are. It shows that you're a man of character. And you will be more respected, you know, if you learn to say sorry. And also, if you have to say sorry, then you will do it less because you don't like the feeling of having to say sorry. You know, I know a little bit about that because I've been there and done that. Amen. Praise God. Make the Lord your master. Listen to the master's voice. Surrender to the will of the master. Matthew 6.10 says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We want to do the will of the Father, but we can't do the will of the Father. You see, when Jesus was there praying in Gethsemane, he was listening to the voice of the master. His not his flesh, but uh, his being, his being that was spiritual and that was without sin, even though he was in human flesh, could not tolerate the idea of taking sin into his holy person. And that's why he struggled with going to the cross, because he hated sin with the holy hatred. But nevertheless, this was the way and the will of the Father that we might come into a relationship with him. And he says, my son, yes, I know you're talking to me, but this is the only way. So go to the cross. And if you go, I'm going to raise you again. But not only will you be raised from death to life, but all those who believe in me shall be raised from death unto life. You see, he heard the voice of the master. There were competing voices and forces trying to take him away from the plan of God. But he, but he submitted to the voice of the master. As we go from the voice of the master, we go to the voice of the teacher. The Lord wants to teach us. As we come under his authority... We want him to teach us because he knows what's best for us. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 7, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Do not be wise in your own eyes. You ever met somebody who thinks they know everything about everything? Huh? I know some people, man, you know, you're talking about something. They always got to put their two cents in because they know something about everything. And so the Bible says, don't be wise in your own eyes. In other words, be teachable. Huh? Be teachable. You don't know everything. You still can learn something. I'm still teachable. I'm still open for God to teach me. Amen. I I'm learning from Pastor Blake. I'm learning from the church here. I'm always opening my mind for understanding that's humility. And we need to be teachable as the children of God. And the Lord Jesus wants to teach us. He will teach you through his word. He will teach you through men standing and women standing and ministering from the pulpit. He will teach you through the experiences of life. When you go through the experience, he wants you to learn the lesson. And you better do everything you can. Sometimes you're going through circumstances. You don't know that God is trying to teach you a lesson. So you say, Lord, teach me what it is you want me to learn. Because I don't want to take this test again. Huh? You know, do you want to go in the desert, wander in the desert for 40 years? Or do you want to hear what God has to say and make that journey in 11 days? You know, you know, that's why in my life, you know, the Holy Spirit has taught to me 
from different times to go and make things right, for example, to tell somebody, well, I'm jealous against you, or I got bitterness in my heart against you, or I need you to forgive me, or whatever the case, and I've gone and done what God has told me to do. You know why? Because I realized if I didn't take care of that now, God wasn't going to give me a passing grade in that area. He said, if you don't deal with it now, you're going to deal with it later, but we're going to deal with it. So I realized, God, I want to learn the lesson now because I want to graduate quicker. I want to go further quicker. And so the Lord is our teacher. In Matthew eleven twenty nine, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Oh, there are many things in this world we can be tied to that can be distractions unto us. We have the internet, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, we have all these different means of social networking. And many of us, we gotta be careful, we gotta be disciplined that we don't allow these things to take the place of God. Let me tell you what they become. They become modern day idols. I call them American idols. And we worship these idols. But we must not continue in these things, but we must be yoked to Jesus to learn of the ways of Jesus Christ. The Lord wants to have fellowship with you. In Revelation 3.20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if you will open that door, I will come in and I will sup with you. I will talk with you and you will talk with me. The Lord is knocking. There are many things in the world that are also knocking, and we've been opening the doors. But do we hear the knock of the Lord Jesus Christ? He says, I want to teach you some things. I love to get up and go and sit in my living room sometimes and just sit there and just listen to God. Think about life. Allow God to speak to me. The Lord wants to be your teacher. He wants to teach you. There's a story about Mary and Martha. Jesus had visited their house. And Martha was very busy trying to tidy up everything, get everything looking good. She was very active and very busy. And Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ. And Martha began to complain to Jesus, saying, Jesus, uh, uh, can you make my sister Mary help me? I'm very busy here doing everything, getting everything in order. Can you make her help me? And Jesus looks at Martha and says, Martha, you are busy and concerned about many things. But Mary has chosen the better part. See, Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus and to learn at the feet of Jesus. This brings me to something that's very important, that is coming to church. You know, when I was a young man, I got saved, man. I didn't care if I had to go to church every night. I was in church because I was hungry. I was greedy. I was thirsty. I've got, I've got notes all the way back to 1973. I still got them. Because I was writing those notes, I wanted to hear the word of God. I wanted to learn of the ways of God because I wanted to do the work of God. Jesus wants to be your teacher. Now I'd like for us to come to the last and the final voice. We've talked about the voice of the Savior. We've talked about the voice of the shepherd. We've talked about the voice of the master and the voice of the teacher. The pianist can come at this time. But now I want to bring you to what is the most important of all the voices. It's what we 
are all looking for and anticipating in our lives. It is that voice that is a reward for all that we've done up to this point. After we've responded to the voice of the Savior, and after we've followed the voice of the shepherd, and submitted to the voice of the master, and bended our ears to the voice of the teacher, then we come to this final voice. Are you ready? Can I get a drum roll? Let's get a drum roll. Are you ready? This final voice is the voice of the bridegroom. It is the voice of the return of Jesus Christ. It is the voice that will sound through the clouds. It was the voice that will say, come up yonder, my children. Come and rest from your labors. Come home, my children, come home. It is the voice of the bridegroom. And Jesus Christ is going to return. And we should be looking for his appearing. According to the book of Titus in chapter 1, it says uh, that we should be looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you looking up, my brothers and sisters? There's nothing in this world uh, that I hold dear enough to cause me to miss heaven. Hallelujah. I'm not going to be like Lot's wife. I'm not going to be looking back. But the Bible says that any man who does not put his hand to the plow and continues to move forward is not worthy of the Lord. I'm moving in a direction. I'm moving towards heaven. I'm looking towards heaven. Look for his appearing. Hallelujah. When you look for his appearing, guess what? You're making yourself ready. You're getting yourself ready. There's going to be a wedding here today. I, I believe those people have gotten themselves ready. I, I can see how they're all dressed and ready, you know, to, 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 to have this very wonderful service today. And we as the children of God, we are the bride of Christ, uh, and we are getting ready to go home. This world is not my home. Hallelujah. There are dark days that are coming, and I don't want to be here. I am looking for the return of Jesus Christ. I'm looking for the return of my Savior. I'm looking for the one who has promised and who said, I go to repair a place for you, that where I am, that there you may be also. He has promised that he is coming again. The writer of the book of 1 Thessalonians puts it in this way. He says, for the Lord himself. I thank God he's not sending somebody else for me. I thank God he's not sending another representative. But when this time comes, the Bible says, the Lord himself, that one who's been in heaven for over 2,000 years, making a place for you and me, the Lord himself shall descend. And when he comes, the Bible says he shall descend with a shout. A shout. Woo. Hallelujah. And only those who have made themselves ready will hear that shout. 
Are you ready? Are you ready for that shout? If that shout were to come today, are you ready to hear that shout? You don't want to be one that looks around and see all the Christians gone and, and you wonder what is going on. You say, oh, no. Oh, no. I've missed it. I've messed around. I've played around. I didn't listen to his voice. I didn't submit to him. I didn't allow him to be my master. I didn't follow his teachers. Oh, I went to church and I played church. I went because my wife wanted me to go. I went because my husband wanted me to go. I went because my mommy or my daddy wanted me to go. But you must be ready. No man knows the hour or the day or the time he's going to come. You must be ready. For he will come with a shout. And with the voice of an archangel and the with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then those who remain shall be caught up together to meet him in the air. And forever shall we be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Finally, there's a scripture that says that everyone that has this hope, this hope, of going back with Jesus when he returns. Everyone who has this hope in Christ will purify themselves. They will purify themselves. They will get ready. Have your garments been washed in the blood of the Lamb? Will you be clothed in the white robe of God's righteousness? When that shout comes, it will be too late. You can't say, wait, Lord, but you must be ready. And now is the time. The Bible says that in the day that you hear the voice of the Lord, do not harden your hearts. The Lord is speaking right now. I'm ready to go with Jesus. We need to talk more about heaven. We need to think more about heaven. We need to sing more about heaven. And I've got a list of songs that I sing like soon and very soon. I'm going to see the king. I'll be caught up to meet him. Caught up to meet him. I'll be caught up to meet him in the air. I'm going up yonder. Yes, I'm going up yonder. What a day that will be when my Jesus I will see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. We got old timers here. You know the song, oh, I want to see him and to look upon his face. And there to sing forever of his saving grace. We'll put on wings as we sing the song, I'll fly away. I'll fly away. Jesus will be riding on a right horse, and we'll be riding with him. This morning, we hear the voice of Jesus. And whenever you hear a voice, it demands a response. What is your response today to the voice of Jesus? In what manner is Jesus speaking to you today? Do you need to respond to the voice of the Savior? 
Do you need to give your life to Jesus today? Do you need to stop playing church and pretending church and finally make a decision to get saved and have your sins washed away and then to surrender your life and to make Jesus your Lord and your master? Today is the day for you. As you hear his voice, let's respond right now. Let's have every head bowed and every eye closed as we pray. No looking around. This day, the Lord has an appointment with you. He's arranged this time to meet with you. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, the Lord knows how to speak to those whom he wants to reach. And right now he is speaking to hearts. And your heart knows, your heart knows that this is God. This is Jesus calling you. And you may have heard that call before. You may have rejected that call. But the Lord is so graciously calling again to you today, saying to you, you need to be saved. You need to repent of your sins. You need to turn to Jesus Christ and surrender your life to him and be born again. Right now, his head's about and eyes are closed all over this building. How many this morning, as you hear the voice of Jesus speaking to your heart, how many will respond to that voice right now and say, Pastor, I need Jesus. I need his salvation. I want to respond to the voice of the Savior. Right now, if that's you, I want you to lift your hand up high in the air and, and just hold it up there so I can see it. Just lift it up and say, Pastor, yes, thank you. How many more? You say, Pastor, I need Jesus. Come on. The Lord is calling. Don't reject that voice. It is the love of God saying, I want to save you today. I brought you to this place because I want to save you. How many more? Lift a hand up and you can put it right back down. How many more will lift your hands with the others and say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus today. I need his salvation today. How many more? Yes, thank you. How many more? How many more today? Maybe you once knew Jesus as your Savior, but you are now backslidden. You know the ways of God, but you are now cold and you're in the world. But you need to come back to Jesus. The Lord is saying, I want to welcome you back. I love you, and I will receive you back to me. Would you come right now? How many, you're backslidden, but you want to come back to Jesus? Raise your hand right now. You're not living for God. How many more? How many more? How many more? Hallelujah. Jesus is calling. Examine your heart. Are you ready for the sound of the voice of Jesus? Are you ready for that shout this morning? Are you ready? If you are ready for that shout this morning, raise your hand. You say, I'm ready for the shout. I'm ready to go with Jesus. Raise your hand if you are ready. If you are ready, raise your hand. Are you ready? Well, put those hands down. If for some reason you could not raise your hand and you don't have that confidence, if I were you, I would come to Jesus right now and say, Lord, I'm not ready. I don't want to miss your return. I need to get ready. Right now, I want you to say, Pastor, I need Jesus to help me right now. Raise your hand. Come on. You couldn't raise your hand earlier? You can raise that hand right now. Says, I need to be ready. I need to get ready. How many more? How many more? Come on. We've got time for you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you raise your hand right now, I want you to look up at me. All those who raise your hand back there in the corner, over here. If you raise your hand, I want you to do me one more thing. I want you to stand up right now. Stand up. Come on. You raise your hands. Would you please stand up back there 
in the right, over here to my left. Just stand as we all stand together. As we all stand together. If you raise your hand and you need Jesus, I want you to come. Just come. Just come. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Young man in the back there, you raise your hand. Would you come? Would you come? I want to pray with you. Come on. Come on. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you know you're not ready, come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Saints, let's pray together for these wonderful people who've come this morning to give their hearts to Jesus. I just want you to pray with me this morning. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Come into my heart and save me from my sins. Wash me in your blood and make me your child. I receive you as my Savior. Help me to follow you from this day forth. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for your gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give them a hand. Amen. 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 Right now, you can say, I'm ready. You're ready. Amen. You're ready. Just continue to follow the Lord right now. And God is ready to receive you into his home. I want to pray for you right now as a congregation. If you'll all just stand together, I want to pray for you this morning. Amen. I want to leave you with that thirst and that hunger for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. That nothing more, more matters in life than going to be with Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your people this morning. Lord, I pray that you may cause our hearts to long for your return. That our love for you, God, will drive us to serve you and to bring others with us as we prepare for your return. Let the love of Jesus and the love of God abound in our hearts. And let us be on fire for you until you come again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.